0: Thank you. the uh, direct-to-video connoisseur. Uh, I'm Matt. Um, and not as always. Uh, normally I say as always. I'm joined by Jamie, but this week I'm flying solo. Um, and so you may have noticed we've actually been on hiatus for the past couple weeks. Um, two weeks ago, uh, Jamie contacted me that uh, that something came up and she wasn't able to do the show. Um, and so I had planned on doing a solo episode that night, but then something came up in, in my life as well. Um, and then last week, um, I... Uh, actually had a uh, situation in my family um, at, at death in my family. so I had to go away last week. Um, and I mentioned to Jamie if she wanted to do a solo one perhaps with Brian that that was something she could do. but uh, unfortunately she, she wasn't able to make that happen. So we've ended up having a uh, two weeks off. I also did not do any Twitter or Facebook for um, our post on um, uh, top of the world, uh, the Peter Weller film that was the last one we looked at. Uh, so I've got to take care of that, but those that 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 um, episode is up on the archive and on um, iTunes. Actually, I don't know if it is on the archive. I may have to add it soon. Um, but anyway, so so Jamie uh, unfortunately had to work this week. Um, somebody was uh, let go at her job, I think, and so uh, she was sort of called in last minute, or you know, she found out yesterday that she had to go. Um, and so I, I thought it, it'd be better not to go a third week without an episode. And so I thought I would try to get in here and do a, a solo thing on my own. Um, and then, of course, like I said, that there was a death in my family. So perhaps next week I may not be able to do uh, that show if, I, if I'm going to be out of town. But she may do that one solo. Uh, so we'll keep you posted. I, I do need to get back into using the Facebook more often as well. And, uh, and keeping people posted on what's going on with us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, but anyway, so... Um, knowing I was going to go solo tonight, um, I didn't get a chance to watch a movie right away. And so I thought, what if I I did sort of a redemption um, episode on force of execution? So um, about a year ago, when Mo and John um, Uh, Drunk on VHS and then John, you know, from After Movie Diner. um, They asked me to do this podcast. They wanted me to, uh, they were going to create their own night of programming on a Wednesday and they wanted me to have my own podcast. And I was new to the podcasting world at that time. um, But I knew I had a lot of uh, uh, contacts, a lot of friends from the blogging community, the movie blogging community. Um, People like uh, Fred the Wolf, uh, Full full Moon Reviews, uh, Ty and Brett at Comeuppance. Really great guys. Rich Pierce, uh, a screenwriter who wrote... um, uh, sector, sector, fi- uh, the, the, sorry about that, sorry, I'm trying blank here, but uh, the Olivier Gruner film that he did recently, Sector 4 Extraction, um, you know, really great people to have them on the show here, uh, video- Mitch from the Video Vacuum, and so I thought, okay, I'll get all these people on, on here, they can all be guests, and we can really make this happen, um, but of course, the first week, I didn't have anybody, and so that was when Mo said, well, I know this, uh, this great, uh, podcaster, Jamie Jenkins, who, uh, usually ready to go at a moment's notice, I'm sure she'll be able to go short notice for you because I only had about a a week or so or five days to prepare. She did. She was very gracious. She did that first episode with us, uh, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, I believe we did, uh, which ended up being horrible. But, um, that second week, I had planned on trying to get, you know, again, somebody from the blogging community that I knew to do the episode, and everybody was a little late. Like, uh, I think uh, Fred was able to do the week after, Mitch was able to do uh, a week or two after that. Same with Ty and Brett at Up and, um, and so I was left doing a solo one, and I thought, I could do an hour on on the Steven Seagal film. I could make that happen. And uh, I had a whole big thing of notes, which I, I, I don't know what happened to those now. But um, I, I, I want to say I... I went through all of that material in about 15 minutes or so. It didn't take long to go through it all. And um, fortunately, uh, one thing I noticed was that Jamie was there in the comment section. At, at that time, we got many more listeners for the live feed. Um, you know, now it's every, everybody downloads because it, it is, you know, 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. It's not an easy time to get out and, and listen to a podcast. It's easier to, to get it from iTunes or download it from the archive page and listen to it at your leisure. Um, but at that time, I think I had maybe 14 or 15 people uh, listening live, and I was, you know, I was dying. I was struggling for material, struggling to keep it working. It up, uh, but JB was there in the chat, and she was kind of making jokes and making comments about things. And I, you know, I was kind of uh, playing off of her. And um, you know, I believe it was it was, uh, you know, I no- noticed that we 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 were uh, doing well. My my wife had also said, you know, maybe you should ask Jamie if she wants to co-host full time. And I said, sure. Why don't I? And uh, it. The rest was history, and so Jamie and I have been doing the show ever since, and I, it, you know, it's, it's worked out great, because um, we, we, we kind of come from two different angles. Like We both have a horror and action background. Um, you know, we both sort of have a general movie background, but she has a very deep horror background, whereas I have a very deep action background, so we can kind of bring them together and sort of even it out. Um, and and it's worked out well. I I don't know how well it's worked out for uh, for Brian uh, her, her boyfriend because I've been picking out some duds that he's had to watch. Um, my my wife Jen seems to she's very good at, at at knowing when to duck out and and get out of those movies when they're really bad like that. Um, but you know. Um, since then, of course, what's happened is that this whole night of programming that we've had has kind of gone away, and it's really just our show. It's just the, the DTV connoisseur. And I do this live um, feed, just because I'm not very good at recording things. I'm not very good at this whole technical thing. So I just do this live thing on Mixler, and then just download the podcast after. I've, you know It records while I'm doing it. I just publish it after and, uh, and put it up there for everyone. So it's, it's, it's live, but you know, really, it's just me taping it live. Um, but um, since then, because the, 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 that, that night has kind of, uh, div- you know, every, every other show on this night has disappeared, um, there really wasn't an, it isn't an impetus for me to get done in an hour, right? Um, at that time, I needed to fill the full hour. I didn't want to have any dead air before. Uh, I think Mo was going on after me at 9 p.m. with Drunk on VHS. Uh, so I was struggling to fill, where, whereas now it's like, oh, I can just go for a half hour or 35 minutes. And, and that's what I did back in... Um, I believe it was September, or, or actually maybe it was November, when Jamie was moving to, um, to Michigan. I had a couple of weeks there um, to fill. Um, and I, I, I think I did actually make a mistake w- scheduling with Ty and Brett. I was going to do an episode with them, and then I did an episode on my own. I did uh, In the Name of the King Part 3. Um, just did 35 minutes, which is probably what I'll do tonight. But, um, you know, got a better sense of how to go solo and, and what to talk about. And there wasn't the struggle, or the, the the need to like really fill that time because nob- nobody's coming after me tonight, so it's okay if I don't go the whole time. So anyway, th- this film, um, Force of Execution, I think the, the 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 angle that I wanted to approach when I did it that night, and I think the same angle that I want to approach now is kind of like you know, you know, what do we do with Steven Seagal? Um, I mean, this movie I think really gets at the heart of what's wrong with Steven Seagal when he makes a movie. Um, he just he, it's, it's, it's beyond ego with him. Um, he, he needs to be omnipotent. He can't lose. He he can't be defeated. Um, you know, the, the last time I think he was defeated was in Machete. Um, and, and that was a different deal, right? He was playing sort of a, in an ensemble with Robert Rodriguez and a lot of other great actors. And so I think he was willing to let himself, uh, be the baddie for that film. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's hard when you're with Robert De Niro to, uh, insist on being the the main the big dog whereas with these DTV flicks where he produces them um, you know uh, Keoni Waxman tends to be the director a lot of times and so I'm sure he, he probably has a good you know Vibe with Seagal. Seagal gets what he wants in those situations. Um, he he's always uh, omnipotent, and and this film I think really gets to the heart of why that doesn't work in a film. Um, you know, it works like in a Bruce Lee film when he's omnipotent. It, you know, I mean, and, it, and I'm sure there are you know ways that you could make it work with Seagal being omnipotent, but this one doesn't because this one was trying to follow a kind of Yojimbo theme, and it also had this feel that it was like trying to pass the torch. Um, This other actor in the film, Bren Foster, plays... um, uh, Seagal plays a, uh, like a... I don't know, some kind of mob boss or organized crime figure in uh, New Mexico. Um, One of those, like, I don't know, uh, those post-Sopranos, part uh, benevolent, part uh, ruthless crime boss guys that, you know, you're, you're supposed to, like, Fall for. You're supposed to like it and see the good in them, but know that they, could, they also do ruthless things. Um, you know, very um, one dimensional kind of character. But uh, he has this right hand man, Bren Foster, who um, he has this really great scene at the beginning where um, he's sent into a prison to assassinate a snitch. And I mean, he just gets after it. His, his martial arts is just top notch. He kills it. And I remember watching this thinking like, oh, maybe this is like a passing the torch kind of film. And and I could get behind that. I, I think this Brent Foster guy can really do it. I think he could you know, sort of take over and leave Seagal only a couple other scenes if that's how it works out. Well, you know, Ving Rames is also in the prison. And Ving Rhames uh, tells him to kill the wrong person. Um, and the idea, of course, is that because he kills the wrong person, he doesn't do his job right. And they have to go back to Seagal and the people that Seagal hired to, to have him assassinate this person to snitch um, and say that he didn't get the job done so his punishment is his hands get smashed right he's crippled Allah uh, Allah uh, yojimbo right you think of yojimbo where he's you know uh, he's, he's playing both sides of these these two factions in one town these two gangs he's playing them against each other um, and and hoping to make money and, and you know take them both down um, the whole point of the Yojimbo paradigm, right, is that this, this person who does a great job of playing both sides against each other, he gets his hands smashed, he finds a way to, you know, repair his hands and, and gets his revenge, right, it ends up taking everybody out, um, but again, because Segal is omnipotent and he's one of the sides, the whole paradigm has to collapse because Bren Foster can't defeat Seagal, right, um, and so then what happens is Bren Foster's character just becomes this one-dimensional shell. Um, and his hands are repaired. With uh, Danny Trejo does some kind of magic with scorpions. It's just weird. Um, it's just and it, Which it kind of made no sense, too, because he had a really great fight scene where he fought without his hands that looked really nice. And uh, it almost would have been nice to see him have to overcome the loss of his hands um, by fighting better, maybe learning to fight better. Um, but again, because Seagal's omnipotent, we know he's going to defeat Ving Rhames, right? We know, because Ving Rhames gets out of jail and tries to take over Seagal's... Uh, action, you know, he kind of uses the fact that he um, had had sold out this kid, um, Bren Foster, to to gain a foothold, and the two go at it, um, you know, and it's we we know how it's going to end we know that Seagal's going to win um, which is okay, it's okay that we know the hero's going to win, but um, it, it makes everything else that leads up to it bad, whereas if we'd had some sort of intrigue with Bren Foster wanting revenge on both Seagal and and Vingrance but he doesn't want revenge on Seagal you know Seagal is his father figure character and he he lets him win um you know you know we think of the good Seagal films right you think of things like hard to kill um you know you, you know you think of of um you know um I was gonna say hard to kill above the law uh you know, I, I guess you could go with the under siege films, but definitely that those big ones. Mark for Death, Out for Justice. Um, you know, you think of those ones. Um, I mean, Out for Justice, it's just you know, it. it there, there is. You, know, we want to see him kick ass in those, right? The the people that are in those films are just vile, um, and we want to see him take these people out. And um, you know, and we, we want the one liners, right? We want the um, you know, uh, we we want the. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trank. Trent, the blood bank, you know, and now, now we're, we're making jokes, you know, take him to the gravy bank or something like that instead, right, because it's, it's all about Seagal being overweight. I mean, the man is over 60, he's 63 years old, um, and, and so, you know, to continue doing films at that level, you know, I guess you, you need to kind of turn over into like a, a Bronson style, and I mean, we can't expect him to be doing those films that he started his career doing, uh, the hard to kills and, and, you know, the out for justice and all those um, you know, we can't expect those, but I, I think we we could expect something that's just a little bit, I don't know, um, that makes a little more sense, or that that isn't so so. Dead set on Seagal being omnipotent, and, and the fact that he can't be, he, he has to be infallible. Um, you know, that's what what made Hard to Kill so great, right? Is that he's almost killed, and he has to he has to come back, right? He has to, you know, he has that scene where he has to escape the the hospital while he's like lying in his his bed there, and right? uh, the gurney or whatever, uh, in the bed at um, the hospital bed. I mean, it's kind of silly, it was kind of ridiculous watching him try to sneak his way through the elevator and all that jazz. But but you know, it showed that he was a human character that was like had some kind of level of superhumanness, um, and, and then, of course, because he was younger, he had the physical ability to do scenes like we think of the pool hall scene where he just, you know, wraps up the pool cue, uh, the cue ball in, in a towel and just starts beating the crap out of everybody. Uh, just, just an amazing scene. And, you know, you think of all the, the really great films that he did in that time period, in that late 80s, early 90s period. Um, you know, he was in his 30s and 40s then. You know, now he's in his 60s. We, we can't expect him to do that. But, I mean, do we, you know, this kind of silliness that we're getting here, where, I mean, in, in this film, I mean, again, uh, th- the fact that he's just this perfect mob boss who seems to have everything figured out, and he can't make a mistake, and he can't do anything wrong, um, you know, I, I don't know, like, do, we, we don't need that, and and it's, I don't, you know, it makes me wonder what what, you know, what I'm going to do next with Seagal. I mean, he has other films out and that's the question. I, I feel like I have to watch them. I feel like for the blog, I have to do them. Um, and of course, one of the funny things about this is that um, with uh, with Jamie, I know she's she's not a fan of Seagal, so uh, we've kind of been staying off of him. But also, I've exhausted what's on Netflix. Uh, his newer films are not on Netflix yet, um, so that's why I, I haven't really done any of his in a while. Um, but you know, you know, if, if I'm going to keep seeing the same crap over and over again where it's just, you know, Seagal uh, talking like he's from New Orleans, um, you know, always one step ahead of everybody, always has everything figured out, is completely infallible, completely omnipotent. Um, and then I don't even know, you know, devolving into things like this movie where he's walking around in SWAT gear because I guess he wants to show off that he worked for the Louisiana PD or whatever whatever it was that he was doing in that reality show, but he's got his, you know, backwards baseball cap on and the glasses, and he's holding the gun, making sure he's holding it the correct way. He wants to let us know that he's not, he's not some amateur. He knows how to do this stuff. Um, you know, I, that's not what we need, right? Right, you know, we, we, need, we, need, uh, we need Nino Foligno, or uh, Gino Foligno, sorry. We need Gino Foligno or Mason Store. We need these guys, you know. Um, I, I've heard there's talk of another Under Siege film coming out, and um. You know, I don't see it on his IMDb, but uh that's an interesting idea, right? What is that going to look like if he does a, an under siege film? Um You know, is that something that people are just going to watch just because it's under siege? Um is that something that's worth watching? Uh yeah. I don't know. I don't, you know. Um but you know, it's it's an interesting thing to think about with all of these great um action stars that we we grew up watching, you know. Um, and I guess it's 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 part of the deal for all of us. Um that uh you know, we all have to kind of admit I guess that we're getting older, you know, that we, we who grew up in the eighties and um, you know, and and I guess in the nineties as well, but um you know, when we were we were in our teens in the nineties, these guys were in their thirties in the nineties and so now it's twenty years later and so now these guys are in their fifties or in Segal's case sixties. And, uh, and we're in our 30s, and so I think that's part of it, too, is that, you know, we, we as, as consumers, I guess, have to uh, come to grips with the fact that as we're older, um, so are the, the great action greats that, that, you know, that we grew up watching are older as well. Um, you know, Dolph, Dolph looks good in his movies, but he doesn't look like he did. Before as well, um, you know, I, I haven't seen as much of, of Van Damme's more recent stuff, but I have seen some of his lately. Uh, he's a little younger than, than they are, too. Um, I believe Dolph was born in the late '50s, and then Van Damme, I think, may have been born almost in the, in the early '60s, like '61. But, um, but uh, for sure, I mean, you know, they're they're all getting older, and so now it's like a matter of who's who's the torch going to be passed to. Um, I, I think we all we all would like to see Scott Adkins, right, really get it. Um, but, but that's the problem. It's like, how does Scott Adkins get a foot in when when a lot of these guys are still doing things? Um, you know, Schwarzenegger is in his 70s. He's even older than Seagal, and so is so is Stallone. He's older than Seagal. And they're still making movies. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard of anything coming out recently from either of them. Um, I think maybe the last Expendables film didn't do quite as well as the first two. Um but you know, if these guys keep holding on, and, and us as consumers, if we keep wanting to watch them because we see their name and we keep hoping for the early '90s to come back, um, you know, we, we I think it's up to us to g- be like, okay, no, Scott Adkins needs more work. Michael J. White, who I mean, you know, you think about Michael Jai White, he was bored in the in the 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 mid to late '60s. He's closing in on 50 now, and he's never even really had that opportunity to really. Um, you know, I mean, he's led some good films. I, I did Falcon Rising. also ended up being a, a solo episode. Um, but, you know, and, of course, Black Dynamite with, with Michael J. White. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, so, I mean, he's already, you know, up there in, for him in his 50s, too. And so he's, you know, w- you know we want to see him, someone that they would pass the torch to. know, um, of course, Jason Statham already really has it, I think. He's, he's doing big Hollywood films. Um, but for us, you know, in the DTV community, um, you know, by the time Jason Statham starts doing DTV flicks, you know, he, which you never know. Nowadays, uh, DTV seems to come sooner for for a lot of actors. Um, but by that time, he's probably going to be, you know, uh, a little bit older as well, um, and he maybe he'll be past his prime when he's doing DTV flicks. So who knows what we'll get from him in that score? Um, and and you think of some of the other guys out there, right? Like Vin Diesel and The Rock, who, you know, they've definitely taken over the torch on the big screen level, um, but you know, on the DTV level, we're still getting Seagal. We're still getting Van Damme. Uh, we're still getting Dolph. Um, everybody's still putting out films. Um, and, and you can see Scott Adkins, you know, he'll do a film with one of them every once in a while. Um, but, man, you know, you want to see, and, and I think, you know, Michael J. White with Fa- Falcon Rising, I mean, and, and Scott Adkins with the ninja flicks with Isaac Florentine, um, definitely, you know, big deals right there. You're seeing, um, you know, big franchises. So, you know, if they're doing, I guess, you know, big DTV franchises, maybe that, that's enough for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to, you know, fighting for Redbox eyes, um, you know, people don't want to see, unfortunately, people don't want to see Scott Atkins. You know, uh, a Lionsgate, um, when they're distributing, they want to see Seagal plastered on the cover with whoever they can get to co-star. Ving Rhames, Danny Trejo, uh, w- whatever they can do. They want to plaster those people in the cover because um, there's still us who were born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s and 90s, who when we go, you know, we're looking for a film, we're like, oh, Seagal's got another one out. Let's take a look at that. Um, and, and maybe it's up to us to kind of start saying, okay, you know, uh, Mr. Seagal, if, uh, if you can't let Brendan Foster um, ha- have his way, you know, ha- have his moment in the sun in your film, um, if you can't let yourself be beaten, by Bren Foster. If that's something you're not able to do, then we, we need to move on to something else. We need to see Bren Foster in something else. Because you know? I think Bren Foster is somebody that would ha- has the, uh, the, the capability um, of, of kind of being in that next group. Um, I, I don't think he's quite Scott Adkins, but of course, you know, we haven't had it, you know, he hasn't had his Ninja or Ninja 2 moment that Scott Adkins has had. Um, or you think of uh, Scott Adkins in those Undisputed films that, uh, that Isaac Florentine did. Um, And I mean, that's another thing too, right? Is that, that, you know, we'd like to see, you know, if Brent Foster keeps working with Keone Waxman, well, all Keone Waxman cares about is Steven Seagal. You know, he's got to find his own uh, avenue. Um, You know, Michael J. White is now directing his own films. But, um, you know, Michael J. White, I I don't know if he did one with Seagal. I know he did one with with, uh, Steve Austin where he had kind of a, uh, a secondary role. And I think that's the problem is that a lot of these guys, when they get into a film with a bigger name, like a Steve Austin even, um they're they they they're willing to take that secondary role because i think they want to get in the film with these people because they you know they 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 like them it it's kind of a big name for them to be able to say I worked with them um but but you know it's it's i don't think you know it doesn't i don't know how much it helps them you know if they get you know Bren Foster had a couple nice fight scenes in this film but he's spending most of the film you know i don't know playing some kind of I don't know, goofy second character to to Seagal. You know, he's walking around with his crippled hands and he's a drunk or whatever. Um, The the whole thing, it... it, it, From the way this film started, from the way Force of Execution started, with Bren Foster kicking ass and just really getting after it, um, to see the way this film devolved based on the fact that Seagal can't be beaten, um, it it really kind of was disappointing. And I think, you know, I think this film could have been the film that really showcase to Brent Foster, you know, we could watch him really get after it and in more scenes in this, the couple he had. So, sorry, he's having a beverage there. Um, Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. If, if if some of the Seagal films make their way onto um, Netflix, I don't know. I, I may check them out and, I, you know, I guess we'll have to see what Jamie thinks as well. Though, you know, it, it, there may be more weeks that come up here where, where Jamie is out uh, and it's me um, just doing a solo one, so maybe that's the time to do another Seagal flick if one crosses my radar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know at this point. You know, I, I guess I, maybe I, I, I would, it would be one of those things. I mean, I think the way the blog used to work for me, and, and again, I'd like to get back to posting more often, but, you know, the way the blog worked was I always had this idea that I wanted to have all of Seagal's DTV flicks reviewed. I wanted to have all of Doll's DTV flicks all Van Damme's, you know, a, a lot of these big names, Dudikoff, um, Peter Weller maybe even. Um, but, you know, so every time they had a new film come out, can, uh, come out, I was like, okay, I've got to watch it. I don't care if it's going to be good or bad, I need to do it and get it on the blog. So it's there for people to check out, you know, I wanted my blog to be a resource like that. And, and I think I'd still like to get back to that, um, to that level. Um, and so then at that time, it, there was an impetus to, to watch films like this. Um, I think there's, there's one on Netflix right now that has like a, a, a really robust cast. It has people like Rudger Hauer in it. Um, and that's the kind of film that, you know, when I was doing three posts a week, three or four posts a week, um, I would grab a movie like that right away and just be like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch that one. And, of course, at that time, too, I had a Netflix DVD account along with the, the, uh, the Instant account. Um, for that reason, that I wanted to get at these films right away, you know, I'd have some of these doll films, they'd be in like the very long wait category, because I really wanted to get them in and reviewed before, um, you know, the, the moment they came out on DVD um, and, and now there really isn't that impetus, now, um, you know, with JB and I doing one, one film a week, and, and, you know, the blog now is kind of on hiatus for short. Sure, I'm trying to get it back where it should be, but um, you know, now when we're, we have to be more selective, it's like if you see one of these films just because it has the name you know, if you start to look at the, the reviews, um, and, and of course Netflix reviews are, are so unreliable, but sometimes you can get you kind get an aggregate. If you look at them all, you can get a sense for what a film is. Either way, uh, based on, on how good or bad the uh, the reviews are, um, but you know we have to be more you know we have to be more selective. Um, and 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 going just based on names has not really paid off well for us. Um, two of the three doll films we've done here on on the podcast have been crap. Uh, Legendary. Right, which I'm still trying to get the review up for Well, hopefully soon. That one had Scott Adkins and Dolph Lundgren. Uh, it, that, that seemed like a can't-miss. I mean, that was like a dream pairing for me. Um, of course, they were in um, the mo- uh, most recent Universal Soldier film that uh, John Hyams directed and also had Van Damme in it. So they were in that together. But um, but this seemed like you know the two of them top-billed. I thought, this is going to be fantastic. Uh, turned out not so. It turned out it was like some kind of monster film with a CGI dinosaur and all kinds of Silliness, um, you know, totally sautéed in wrong sauce. Not what we wanted at all. Um, and then, of course, there was Ambushed, which um, I don't know that there was a film that could have been more sautéed in wrong sauce than that one. Um, that was that w- that was probably one of the worst bait and switches I've ever dealt with in, in my time doing the DTVC. And what is it? It's now 2015, so I've been doing it for about eight years now. Um, and I've seen my share of really good bait and switches. Um, and that one may have been the worst ever because it was sold to us as uh, good cop, bad cop, Van Damme, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Dolph Lundgren and uh, Randy the Natural Couture. Uh, the two of them were supposed to be going after each other. And um turned out it was none of that. It was some douchebag guy uh, who looked like a poor man's Jeremy Northam or something like that. Um, just, you know, it, it was his story. and He was just completely douching it out on us. Um, and so that was like one of the worst. I think, I mean, that was probably the worst one we've looked at here. Um, and, and one of the worst, probably the worst Dolph film of all time, because um, it was so, so bad, such an egregious bait and switch. Um, and then we did Puncture, which wasn't so bad. So, um, you know, it used to be that a Dolph film, you know, if you, you saw Dolph in the name, you, you knew you were in good shape there, DTV flick. And, um, I think even in his case, you know, he, w- what we're getting is not always what it should be. And I, I always say Dolph is the, the Babe Ruth of, of DTV, um. And he usually, you know, delivers on that. He used to deliver on that more often. I mean, I don't know what the situation is now. Um, I, I know he had a divorce and he's he's got a girlfriend now, so maybe he needs the money, alimony, and things like that. So it's kind of like whatever, whatever comes his way, he wants to do it. Um, but it doesn't it never seem like he was all that discerning to begin with with his films. I mean, you know, the minion. You think about the minion. I mean, he was a, he played a KGB-trained priest or Knights Templar or something like that that was uh, going to New York to find some sort of minion. Like I don't know what it was, like a the demon that would infect people, um, and he had a spike glove and he would spike them in the, the 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 brainstem because that was the primitive part of the brain. It um, one of the most ridiculous films ever, but it was so much fun, um, and I think that's what we're losing with a lot of even Dolphs now is that e- even the bad ones aren't fun anymore, which is a disappointment. Um, so yeah, I, I shouldn't say that necessarily that his films were that good. Necessarily, uh, when when he was doing his DTV flicks, um, but um, but but at least there there was something that you could could sink your teeth into, and even now I think with with a lot of his, um, we just don't know what we're we're getting here with with these films, um, and, and but but because now you know the, with with the way things have worked out for my blog, where you know I I'm not doing three or four posts a week like I used to do, um, in fact I'm not doing any, and I'm just doing one movie a week with Jamie, um, you know even just the name alone isn't enough to get us to watch it Um, you know I mean maybe if a a reader or listener you know said hey are you going to do the new Seagal flick I might check it out but you know now it's like if it's not on on instant I can't do it anyway because I don't have um, I don't have the DVD account I mean I guess I could get it on demand or something but then see I'd have to expect Jamie to pay for it and uh, I mean if 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 it was something like force of execution if it ended up like that or like ambushed and i had her pay 3 bucks to watch it i mean which i don't think she would anyway i think you know our our this this what we're doing here is is strictly you know on the cheap we want to make this as as low low cost as possible um but so so uh, you know for me with with force of execution of course you know as i said it's a pass it's on netflix um, it's just, it just it didn't work, and again I think it could have worked, and it ultimately didn't work because Seagal is Segal, um, and and it's you know I think it it's that that thing that we I guess we all have to kind of come to grips with is the fact that you know Segal is 63, um, and you know we don't know what we're going to get from his next films. I mean it, it, it's possible that somebody listening to this right now saw one of his new ones, and that new one killed it. It was like the best thing that he's done in years. Um, you know, and I was looking back, I think in 09 he had a really good one. So, I mean, 09 he was in his 50s and um, I'm, I'm trying to think what that one was called. Driven to Kill, I believe, is what that one was. Um, really great one. Let, let's see here. Driven to Kill, yeah, and that was in 09. Um, I know he had some other ones from the past. Um, you know, we had uh, Pistol Whipped was in the early 2000s. I mean, he, he had some really great ones in, in, the, in the, the early to mid 2000s. Um, and, and maybe he can get it back maybe he can get it back but now I think this whole seagal Lahman thing has taken over and I think that's what we're we're stuck with and so you know now it's up to us as the audience to decide how we're going to react to that are we going to stop watching his films and I think a lot of people have kind of turned their back and you know maybe it's time for me to, to make the move myself to finally decide that it, it, I'm going to take that next step and uh, start start looking elsewhere you know um, but you know if i see bren foster headlining a film I, I might check that out just because again he looked really good in here um and you know hopefully that that might be able to dial it down a bit and let bren foster have a film you know g- do a film where he passes the torch to bren foster you know um uh, like that what was the film that he did with uh kurt russell right where he died at the very beginning i i'm i'm horrible right now that I, executive decision right where he's uh he's he's just you know where we see it in the, in the commercial where they like, oh, go, it's got Seagal in it. That should be good. And he gets killed off right away. Uh, maybe we need one of those. Maybe we need, uh, even if it's a bait and switch, right? Maybe we just need that um, to kind of move, move Seagal's career along, kind of pass the torch to a Bren Foster and, and see what happens from there. So, but that's it for that one. Um, so I guess before I, I, I wrap this up, maybe I ought to do a little bit of um, administrative work, a little, um, uh, sort of, you know, explain what's going on here. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, blog posts up again soon. But right now, again, things are kind of hectic because um, I had to take some time off um, to be with my family, and I may have to take time off next week as well uh, because of that. So, um, you know, so, um, you know uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week if we're going to have an episode Um, And if we do, if it's going to be both Jamie and I or just Jamie or just me. um, But hopefully we can kind of keep the ball rolling here. Um, I don't want to have another two-week hiatus like like we did here. I'd like to keep something going um, every week. And as far as the blog goes, again, I I would like to keep posting again. Um, Maybe I can start finding some time here, um, you know, as as I can get caught up on work um, and and as the situation with my family starts to, you know... um, even itself out you know I mean that now might you know my, what would happen was my grandmother passed away so now we're you know we're kind of um, moving to the next day the probably the service will be next week so once all of that happens all of that stuff sorts itself out I think then you know we, we both might get on a, on a more steady schedule I know Jamie with work and, and I with work as well too so hopefully we can kind of get things going back to a consistent level where it is you know once a week Jamie and I just you know looking at a film either killing it or Enjoying it, going off on major tangents, and uh, you know, just um, you know, bringing back the old the old show that everybody was enjoying. So, again, thank you all for listening. Um, by all means, too, if um, if you have any, any any questions or responses, don't hesitate to go to the Facebook page. Um, you can find both the Facebook and the Twitter um, on the main page, which is at uh, mattmovieguy.com. Um, of course, we also have a Tumblr, which is dtvc.tumblr.com. Uh, I haven't been updating that as much either. Seems like everything hasn't been updating on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Hopefully, I can in, at least get a little time on all of that. Um, but yeah, so so go there. Um, if you if you want to get on the Facebook page, like us on Facebook, and and if you if there's a film out there that you'd like us to check out, you know, let us know. Um, if it's on Netflix Instant, that's usually the best deal for us. But if it's on YouTube as well, we did, um, we did do Robo War a little while back, so we can do YouTube films as well. But um, again, thank you all for listening, and I, I hope to see you all next week. Um, if it's not me, hopefully at least it'll be Jamie, uh, and we'll get back to doing a regular show probably in a week or two. All right. Have a good night, everyone. And before I go, I also want to mention uh, to my beautiful wife, Jen, I love you, and uh, I have a little song for you that I'm going to play after the theme song. All right, goodbye everyone, have a great night. of people come on, come on. Oh.